Welcome to the Strange and Interesting Podcast, a show about folklore, the paranormal, urban legends, and pretty much anything else that I happen to find strange and interesting. I am your host, Al. The year is drawing to a close, and with it, the holiday season. There are many different religious and cultural holidays celebrated in the last three months of the year, including Halloween, Dia de los Muertos, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yule, the Winter Solstice, Bodhi Day, Diwali, Festivus, and of course, Christmas. The Muslim holy month of Ramadan sometimes falls during this time of year as well. The Islamic calendar is based on the phases of the moon, and this causes the dates for Ramadan to change from year to year. Observance of these holidays has led to the development of many beloved songs, traditions, and characters. Some of these characters, like Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Frosty the Snowman, are known all over the world. Other seasonal characters, such as Krampus, are a bit more obscure, though have gained popularity in recent years. We usually associate these characters with a specific season. Take witches, for example. Many people in the Western world associate witches with Halloween. I know I always have. But not long ago, I saw a post on a Facebook group that I'm a part of. It was an article on Frau Perchta, the Christmas witch. My curiosity was ignited, and that brings us to the topic of today's show, the witches of Christmas. There are several witches associated with this holiday. They usually share similar characteristics. Christmas witches often resemble old women who might or might not have a horrifying appearance. It is also possible for a Christmas witch to take the form of a young woman. Their role can be to serve as the rewarder of good deeds and the punisher of transgressions, which is a common theme seen in many fairy tales and folklore. A Christmas witch can be associated with the wild hunt. In this case, she might take the role of the psychopomp, a being who escorts souls to the afterlife. The wild hunt is a topic that deserves its own episode, but in brief, this phenomenon appears in Scandinavian, Germanic, Welsh, and Slavic folklore. The hunt is led by a god or supernatural being though in some traditions it is led by a historical figure. The purpose of the hunt varies. It can be a procession across the land, a chase, rounding up spirits of the newly deceased, or an omen foretelling disaster. There is even a parallel from the American Southwest. This version has made its way into popular culture thanks to a song called Ghost Riders in the Sky. This song was written by Stan Jones and released in 1948. 
It is about a cowboy who witnesses a group of weary spirits trying to catch a herd of cattle racing across the sky. One of the spirits warns the cowboy that if he doesn't change his ways, he will join them one day. This song has been covered by many musicians, including country music legend Johnny Cash. Some folklorists and researchers believe Christmas witches originated as pagan goddesses or beings from pre-Christian folklore. As Christianity became the dominant religion in Europe, the church adopted these entities and modified them to suit their religious needs for good or ill. In this episode, we will take a look at four Christmas witches, Frau Perchta, Frau Hohl, Gryla, and La Bifana. Frau Perchta originates from the region bordering the Alps. This should not be surprising, as the same region brought us another figure associated with the Yuletide season, Krampus. In modern times, people honor both figures in a similar fashion, and that is with parades where the participants wear terrifying but ornate masks and costumes. Krampus and Frau Perchta are associated with different times of the holiday season. I already touched on Krampus in episode 8 of this podcast, so if you want to learn more about him, I recommend listening to that episode. In brief, Krampus is connected to the legend of St. Nicholas. Krampus night is December 5th, the night before St. Nick's Day. Frau Perchta is commemorated at the end of the holiday season. She is associated with the Feast of the Epiphany, which occurs on January 6th. According to tradition, this was the day when the wise men visited Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. She may have been associated with an earlier goddess named Bertha. This goddess was seen as a beautiful woman and was the protector of young children, specifically those who died during infancy. People would leave a meal made of fish and gruel as an offering for her. If Bertha approved of the meal, then the family would be blessed for the coming year. The church would later change Bertha's name and reimagine her as an ugly old woman. Frau Perchta wore tattered clothes, carried a large knife, had a hooked nose made of iron, and one of her feet resembled that of a goose. The goose's foot may have been responsible for her ability to fly, as according to folklore, witches rubbed goose fat on their bodies to permit flight. Frau Perchta has been associated with various goddesses, including the Norse goddess Frigga. Both were associated with spinning. According to Norse mythology, Frigga used her spinning wheel to create the clouds. Frau Perchta, on the other hand, would make sure that women finished spinning their wool. People weren't being stingy, children were well behaved, and that homes were clean. Those who pleased her would wake up and find a silver coin in their shoe. Women who didn't finish their spinning might find their unspun wool destroyed. If someone really got on her bad side, 
Frau Perchta would use her knife to slit open their belly, remove their intestines, and stuff their body with rocks and straw. Frau Perchta is sometimes connected to a character named Frau Hol. She is also known as Holda, Old Mother Frost, or the Dark Grandmother. Her name is believed to be based on the word Holder, a type of land spirit from Scandinavian folklore. These women were said to be very beautiful, but always had an inhuman feature, such as an animal's tail. It was believed that these women could be kind and helpful if treated with respect. She is also associated with the wild hunt, being the protector of those who died young and one who rewards hard work while punishing laziness. Her punishments were not always as harsh as Frau Perchta, and it was believed that she would instead whip the guilty with stinging nettles. Church officials would later associate her with the Roman goddess Diana and Herodias, a woman who is believed to have played a role in the execution of John the Baptist. Later traditions would claim that Herodias was a witch. The Brothers Grimm presented a tale of Frau Hole that illustrates her role as the punisher of laziness and rewarder of hard work. Her story involves a widow who lived with her own daughter and her stepdaughter. The widow did not treat the girls equally. She forced her stepdaughter to do all of the work while her own daughter enjoyed a life of leisure. One day, the stepdaughter was spinning by the well and accidentally dropped the spindle into the water below. She didn't want to be punished for losing it so she jumped into the well and tried to retrieve it. But instead of finding herself in water, the girl found herself in a meadow. As she walked, she found an oven. The bread baking inside the oven begged her to remove them from the heat before they burned. The stepdaughter did what was asked of her. Next, she came to an apple tree. It asked her to harvest the apples, and again, she did what she was asked. Finally, she came to the home of Frau Hole. The old lady told the girl she could stay if she helped her with her housework. Once again, the girl did what was asked of her. Frau Hole instructed her to make sure that when she shook out her pillow and bed cover, that she did a thorough job, as it would cause snow to fall in the real world. The stepdaughter performed all that was asked of her, but one day she became homesick and asked Frau Hole if she could return home. The old woman escorted her to the gate, gave her the lost spindle, and showered her with gold as a reward for her hard work. When the girl returned home, she told her stepmother and stepsister of her adventure. The stepmother wanted the same good fortune for her own daughter and told her to do the same thing that her the stepdaughter had done. However, the lazy daughter intentionally dropped the spindle into the well. When she arrived in the meadow, she also encountered the oven baking bread and the apple tree, but she refused to help them. When she came to the home of Frau Hole, she did work as instructed, but soon fell into her lazy old ways. The Frau became upset with the girl's careless attitude 
and told her to go home. As the daughter left, she was showered with pitch instead of gold. The Frau scolded her, saying, That is what you have earned. She then closed the gate. The next Witch of Christmas comes from Icelandic folklore, and that is Gryla. She is an ogress who was mentioned in 13th century sagas, though little was known about her. Gryla was described as having multiple tails, carrying a bag on her back, and being armed with a sword. She would punish children who complained about not being able to eat meat during Lent by cutting out their stomachs. Later poems characterized her as a beggar who asked for parents to turn over misbehaving children. She was eventually forced out of town and lived in a cave. Gryla became associated with Christmas around the 17th century. She was given a lazy husband named Lepaludi and connected to several other pre-existing characters. First, she became the proud owner of the Yule Cat. This large feline was said to punish those who did not receive new clothes for Christmas. If you were lucky, the Yule Cat only ate your food and maybe it knocked a few things off the tables or shelves while it was at it. Other stories, though, claim that the Yule Cat would actually eat you. Gryla also became the mother of 13 mischievous children called the Yule Lads. Each of these beings would arrive on a different date and stay for 13 days. Originally, they were pictured as pranksters. Among their number are boys named Door Slammer, Bowl Licker, Sausage Swiper, and Candle Stealer. Their names describe exactly what they were believed to do. Later folklore tried to soften their image by saying they left chocolate for good children and rotten potatoes for bad children. Unfortunately for Gryla, her image remained that of an evil monster. She was said to be able to control the weather and could detect children who misbehaved. While she usually stayed near her cave, around Christmas time she would search towns for naughty children and, like Krampus, throw them in her sack. She would take them back to her cave and use them to make a stew, which was said to be her favorite food. She was a reminder to the children of Iceland as to why they should be good. We end our look at the Witches of Christmas with a more light-hearted character from Italy named La Bifana. Her name and origins are a subject of debate among researchers. One school of thought places her name as being a mispronunciation of Epiphania, the Greek word for epiphany. Another theory is her name comes from Bastrina, a word used for offerings left for Strenia, the Roman goddess of the new year. Other researchers claim she might go back further to an old Celtic custom of burning dolls of old women at the end of the year. This was seen as a symbolic way to mark the passage from the old to the new. According to Italian folklore, La Bifana was an old woman who was said to be an excellent housekeeper. She is connected to the story of the Magi who visited the baby Jesus. There are three well-known versions of this tale. In the first one, 
Labifana was a woman who lost her own child. When she heard of the birth of Jesus, she thought that he was actually her own son and set out to find him. When she arrived at the stable, she presented Jesus with presents and as a reward was declared mother to all children in Italy. In the second version, the three wise men showed up at her home and asked where they could find the newborn king of the Jews. The lady did not know, but offered the wise men a place to stay for the night. The next day, the Magi asked the old lady if she wanted to join them, but she refused because she had too much housework to do. After they left, she had a change of heart and tried to catch up to them, but was unable to locate the three wise men. A third variation of the legend claims that the Magi came to her door, but she did not answer because she was too busy with her housework. Guilt caught up with her, and she set out with a bag full of presents in order to find Jesus on her own. She never found him, but to this day still leaves presents at the every house with a child, just in case that house is the one where the Messiah was born. La Bifana is active on January 5th. She flies across the land on her broomstick and, much like Santa Claus, enters the home through the chimney. So she is often shown as wearing dirty or soot-stained clothing. Those who want to show hospitality for La Bifana might leave out wine and food. Just like many other characters associated with the Christmas season, she will reward children who are good by giving gifts or candy. Bad children would receive coal, onions, or garlic. In some cases, a child who was naughty, but not too naughty, might instead receive sugar candy that was dyed black in order to make it look like coal. La Bifana is still a good housekeeper, and it is said she will even help tidy up your home on the way out. This will end the final episode of the Strange and Interesting Podcast for the year 2023. I would like to thank all of you for listening. And no matter what holiday you celebrate this time of year, I hope it is a happy one. You have been listening to a presentation of Point of Insanity Game Studio. Visit us on the web at poigamestudio.com. Follow us on Twitter at poigamestudio. Look us up on Facebook and email us at poigamestudio at gmail.com.